reminding that the children of Israel had uh, done a few things that were disappointing to the Lord. And so often we uh, hear in this world that God is love and, you know, God accepts this and God, you know, he's forgiving. And yes, those things are all true, but there are also things about our God which we know for sure are disappointing to him. All right, and um, last week we brought to light the fact that God always reaches out to man with a message of hope. Okay, he is continuously doing that. Uh, Even when the Bible says there's none that seeketh after God, we know God seeks after us. Amen. From the very beginning, God's design was so that he would have a relationship with us. And we talked about the fact that he had sent a messenger. We talked about the fact that that messenger of salvation was the Lord Jesus Christ who came to this earth to die for our sins. That same messenger is coming again in judgment someday. We also talked about the fact that there was a messenger sent to prepare the way and we talked about that that was john the baptist are you with me so far good refresher the reason that this is all important is because what he has to say is almost exactly the same uh if you're in malachi chapter 3 verse 7 malachi chapter 3 verse 7 listen to this very short verse and it will remind us of what god is trying to call unto his people even from the days of your fathers ye are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them return unto me and i will return unto you saith the lord of hosts but ye said wherein shall we return so if you look and here's the our theme for this morning repent okay and uh, i Hold on to that thought for a minute, because uh, even the way I just said it, I did it on purpose. Oftentimes, we repent, okay? Uh, If you ever watch these Hollywood movies, what do you see all the time? Somebody standing out on the street corner with one of them A-frame signs, and, you know, uh, Armageddon comes, and repent, and, you know, uh, I'm jumping ahead of my notes, so look if you want. Next slide. Last time we looked, God's prophecy regarding John the Baptist as the spirit of Elijah would prepare the way of the Lord, right? That is what we talked about. That is what this prophecy in Malachi is pointing to. And the message hasn't changed. Look at what it says for John the Baptist. Okay, here in Matthew chapter, whenever it comes up. Okay, the message is similar. Repent. Okay, that's the message. Repent. Matthew, in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. And in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Look at that, it's the same thing. Uh, For this was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight his paths, or make his paths straight. And I'm missing verse 3. That's the one I really want, right? Hang on a second. For some reason, the computer didn't copy that the way I wanted to. Matthew chapter 3. Yes, verse 2 is missing. And it says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay, so the PowerPoint is not exactly laying that out the way I wanted to. But verse 2 in this passage, John the Baptist's message was repent. 
Okay, and God in Malachi is saying this same thing. He says, listen, I'm going to send somebody before the coming of the Lord who has the same message, repent. Now that word here in Malachi is not the same word, but the word return means the same thing. It's the same Hebrew basis for the word. Um, Keep going. Repent means to return, to turn back, to reverse, to go 180 degrees in the other direction. All right? Uh, You ever... Uh, have to go back to your house because you forgot something. Those things happen more and more to me as days go on. You get out and you look at it, it's right on the counter. I got to take that when I go. And five minutes later, you're in the car driving away going, oh. And what do you do? Turn around, put it in reverse, go back to the house and get what you forgot. Okay, this is what we're talking about, making a 180-degree change and heading back to where you were, okay? Keep going on the slides here. Too often, people respond to this idea in a very negative way. Okay, if I were to walk out into the world and just wear a shirt that said, repent, a lot of times that brings up a lot of negative feelings in people because too often, next phrase here, it's usually presented as a hellfire, turn and burn, Okay, turn or burn, kind of ultimative of judgment coming. True, God will judge. He says he will judge. But sometimes we connect this word repent much too negatively to that. And if there's something I want to remind us today is that repentance is a very good thing. Repentance is a very necessary daily part of our lives. Not only in a spiritual way, way in general once we understand this. So I want to take this sort of uh, dark cloud that sometimes is over that word repent and open it up to what God really means when he's talking about repenting. Okay, And again, with this children of Israel, their response is sad. But it's not a lot different than our response when it comes to this. Look at the next part of this. The children of Israel had come to a place where they didn't think they needed to repent. We are God's chosen people. We are the ones who receive the commandments. We are the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why would we need to repent? They say, well, that's Kind of stuck up, don't you think? But you know what? A lot of churches, maybe in this very church, we might get the same idea. Well, I've asked Jesus to be my Savior. My sins are forgiven. I've been going to church my whole life. I read the Bible. I sit in the pews. Why do I need to repent? So question being, is any, anybody here perfect except me? Uh, I mean, uh, We all have uh, issues, right? And, you know, what's funny is you ask a person if they're perfect. Oh, I'm not perfect, but do you need to repent? Oh, no, why would I need to repent? I think because we misunderstand what God means by repentance. And if any of us are sitting here this morning thinking repentance shouldn't be an active part of our lives, I hope by the end of the night, end of the morning, I know time change was tough, but it's not night yet, that we'll have a better understanding of what God expects of us. But you notice the children of Israel said, wherewith do we have to return? We're God's chosen people. Why would we need to repent? 
And it's a dangerous thought. And it files repentance in, in such an extreme end of the scope that we miss out on the benefit of what repentance really is. With all that in mind, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, there is no way I could truly teach this with my feeble human brain the way you could explain it in your word. So, Father, we trust 100% in your word to make this clear. Father, I thank you that we all get to use our voices and our lives to share a message. And, Lord, we're going to focus on that before we're done, that this message of repentance is still of utmost importance here in Malachi with the children of Israel before the advent of Christ. Lord, when Christ arrived, repent. Even Jesus himself, when he was here, said, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Your message hasn't changed. It is so important. But Father, if we've uh, categorized this as some extreme negative aspect of our walk with you, Lord, it's so disappointing. Lord, there's not one of us who should not have a daily life of repentance. So, Father, please help us. Be with my mind as I speak. Lord, give us each what we need. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, next slide. There is nothing negative about repenting. It is an extremely useful and regular part of your life. Okay, let me say that again. It is an extremely useful and pretty regular part of your life. Keep going. God asked Israel, return to him. Remember what is God said from the very beginning of this book? Don't you know I love you? I love you. God doesn't scream this word repentance at them out of some sort of anger and bitterness and standing up in heaven with a lightning bolt ready to zap us. But sometimes that's where we qualify repentance. We say repentance is God ready to pound us with something. But it's because we're have let human definition kind of hijack this word. How many of you are parents? Go to the next slide. What is repentance? What is it? Keep going. It's basically, understanding of it is to change your behavior. Okay, now that's not hard, but sometimes we don't qualify it as that. To change your behavior. You could actually even say to change your mind. Now, how many of you ever changed your mind? If you didn't raise your hand, you're a liar. Get out. No, I'm just teasing. Okay? Every one of us changes our mind. We all have moments where we go, maybe this isn't the best thing I should be doing. Welcome to repentance. Because that is what repentance is. Okay? Um, it means to turn around. It means that you're headed the wrong way. Um, you ever do this? I remember when the kids were younger, you need to take them out to the Walmart, okay, because that's the only place you can afford to shop when you are at that age, whether you have kids, uh, and anymore you can't shop there because stuff is too expensive. Anyway, um, and the kid gets out of the store, you're done shopping, they've been cooped up in the carriage or whatever, and they hit that parking lot, they're gone, right? Right? And you're like, stop! Get back over here, because you know somebody's going to back out of their parking spot and Flatten that kid out. So what are you doing as parents? Stop, turn around, come back here to mom and dad. That is repenting. 
you stop where you are headed and you turn around and come back to where you belong. You with me so far? I want us to understand this is such a concept that is so simple and is something that is in our daily lives so often and we don't realize the spiritual importance of this. It is an amazing concept. All right, so as parents, we're very familiar with this concept. Keep going. Turn around from something to something else. Y'all changed your mind before, right? I'd like to go here. No, I'm not going to go there. Well, guess what? You repented. I think I'm going to watch this. No, I'm not going to watch that. Uh, Maybe I'll read that. No, I'm not going to read that. I'll read that. You you repented by definition. You changed what you were going to do to something else. Are you with me so far? All right, now this is a really hard concept we're here, right? This is tough to understand. Okay, I just want us to be under, I, I don't want to dumb it down so much, but I want us to understand that sometimes the concept that has been presented to us is that repentance means you are in an absolute evil place in your life and you have to be a terrible person to be able to re- reveal that you repented from something. No, we repent every single day. I walked into the kitchen this morning and said, what am I going to eat for breakfast? And now many of you know what my Sunday morning breakfast is, and I thought, well, maybe I'll eat something different today. I didn't. I ate what I almost always eat on a Sunday morning. You want to know? A piece of of bread with peanut butter on it. That's my Sunday morning breakfast. Okay? I thought, maybe I'll have something different. And I changed. The problem is bacon. I would be so full, and I'd just go to sleep and everything. I just eat peanut butter and bread because it's nice, pick you up, it's got some protein, keeps you going, you know, not heavy breakfast. Come here after men's prayer breakfast and all we want to do is take a nap. And it's hard enough for some of you to stay awake while I'm preaching anyway. Okay. We turn from one thing to another. The concept is addressed by our Lord, I mean, in the Old Testament, listen, over 1,100 times he uses this uh, word this verb about turning from what you were doing returning come back i mean how many times do we look at the book of like judges alone and what happened in the book of judges right the children of israel sinned god sent a oppressor the children of israel were taken captive and then they repented and turned from what they were doing and the entire time god's saying if you just turn back to me if you just turn back to me if you just turn back to me And they finally did, and then God would send a judge, and God would deliver them, and then they would go back to where they were, and then they'd slip away again, and God would send another oppressor, and then they'd have to turn back to God over and over and over through the Old Testament. This concept of returning, repenting, coming back to where you belong, you can't avoid that the whole Bible is full of this. But probably one of the best, simplest illustrations of this in the New Testament In Matthew chapter 21, now hopefully this is written right, and I didn't copy it wrong, okay? But what think ye, a certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, son, go work today in my vineyard. And he said, I will not, but afterwards he repented and went. Now catch that. That is the purest form of repentance. Son, I want you to go work in the field. No, I don't think so. And then he changed his mind and he went that is repentance 
You with me so far? Because if we don't understand this, there's some other parts we're going to go into that you start scratching your head. Okay, this was not falling down on his knees because he had committed some great sin. Okay, this is not a a guilt-laden thing. He just went, oh, you know what? I probably should go. Dad needs my help, so I'm going to the field. All right, now I like it this way too. You kids, if you're asked to go out and work for your parents, do it! Okay, I'm sorry. All right, he changed. Keep going. You can change for the good or the bad. Now, this is why this is important we, stand, we understand repentance. Because you may think repentance means that you change from doing something bad to doing something good. But you know, you can actually repent and change from doing something good to doing something bad. Because repentance is just changing your mind. Okay, and he warned the children of Israel about this. He was going to deliver them from Egypt. Okay, and they were such a uh, weakened state in their lives. They didn't have a great army or anything at that point. And God says, listen, I'm going to send you out of Egypt, and I have a promised land I want to send you to, but look at what this verse says. He says, and it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them out through the way of the land of the Philistines. God led them not out through the way of the land of the Philistines, although it was near... For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and return to Egypt. God says, listen, I want to send you out, and I could send you up right through the Philistines, but you know what? If you wind up going there, you're going to see war and how strong the Philistines are, and you're going to want to turn and go back to Egypt. Do you see the concept again? This is not some deep theological, oh my word, I'm feeling the, you know, the pressure of the Spirit of God in my life, and i got to... It means changing. Okay? And in this case, they would have changed to go back to where they shouldn't have. That is what repentance means. Now, we've gone through all this. So far, you get it, right? It means just to change what you were thinking and go in a different direction. Okay? So, with that in mind, have you ever changed your mind? Okay? Then you have repented. Told you I was jumping ahead of my notes before. Okay. The first mention of this in the Bible, you know who the first person to repent was? God. Now again, if we have this concept of repentance meaning being deep in sin and then having to change to be, then we have a problem because God repented. He's the first one. Well, let me remind you, if you don't have this concept in your mind already, that God was never deep in sin. God has never committed sin. Okay? Okay? Yet God repented. Look what it says. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. So what does that mean? After, and this is Genesis chapter 6, so we're already past the fall, we're already past murder, we're already past a bunch of things that's gone on, and God says, you know, I think I changed my mind. I'm not so happy about creating man. You get it? Because again, if we think repentance means sin and go, you know, no, God just says, you know what? I had these wonderful plans. And I didn't realize how miserable these people on this earth are going to make me feel. Now, am I making that up? Or does it say it grieved him at his heart? <laughs> I've got to be careful because one of my children are in the room. 
I looked at my wife at some point and said, why do we have kids? Remind me again. Come on, you ever? Don't you look at me like that either. You go, uh, why do I work at this job? Why do, what? How many of you have done that and questioned and said, is this the right choice? Or do I need to reevaluate something here? Boom. Repent. He repented. That's exactly what we're talking about. You look at it and go, this is a terrible decision. I don't like this. So you repent and you choose something better. Get it? Thank you, Oscar. That is the exact point. God changed his mind and said, you know what? I know I love these people, but this is terrible, this whole thing with these sinning. And God knew ahead of time what we were going to do. Now, get that one. Again, I knew when I was going to have children that my children would not always be obedient little angels. It only happened a few times. No, I realized that, okay, I foreknew that my children weren't always going to be obedient. They weren't always going to be walking just perfect in their little ways. I knew that there was going to be a struggle now and then. But we still decided to have children because it's just an amazing blessing. But there are some times you go, oh, I I was not ready for this. Okay, there's certain things I was prepped for, but no way did I have any idea it was going to be like this. God says, you know what? I changed my mind. (laughs) I'm not sure how happy I am about these people. Okay, and he sets up to put out a worldwide flood so God can kind of start over with a good godly family. Next slide. But wait. I thought we just read the verse before this that God doesn't change. Look at what Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 says. We just read verse 7. I am the Lord, I change not. Okay, well wait a minute. If God repented, which means he changed his mind, he turned around. I thought God doesn't change. How does that work? Well, next slide. God never changes his nature. He is forever the same. He will always be all-powerful, sinless, loving, merciful God. But, well, let's cover a couple more verses before I jump ahead. Numbers. God is not a man that he should lie, neither a son of man that he should repent. Okay, in regards to doing something wrong, hath he said, and shall he not do? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Hebrews talks about Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God, as a being, doesn't change. He is still sinless, almighty, all-powerful God. But, next slide, judges, and when the Lord uh, raised them up judges, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of that judge, for it repented the Lord because of their groanings by reason of them that oppressed and vexed them. Uh, oppressed? Oppressed and vexed them. God changes his behavior because we change our behavior. 
God changes his behavior because we change our behavior. Next slide. God changes when we change. Don't we do this with our children? You hit the next slide, too. Just that. You ever change it when... Um, listen, we're going to go out. Mom and Dad got a little shopping to do. We're going we're gonna to run around and, and get, get a couple of things done. And then when we're done, we'll head to the Burger King. And that was when in Keene, Burger King had that little playground in it. You know, you, I don't know if you guys remember. You went up over the bathroom and everything. But about halfway through our errands, our children started to get a little rotten. Just like any kid does, right? We've all had them. The kids begin to not be obedient. Okay? And the two other brothers are picking on their little sister. And, you know, they're just fighting in the back and everything. And you, as parents, you're going, okay, Mom, I know we said we were going to take these kids out. Maybe go to McDonald's. I mean, go to Burger King, go to the playground. But you know what? We've had enough. They are not acting like children who deserve to be taken out. So what do you do, parents? I'm going to turn this car around right now. And you head home, and they don't get the special privilege so even though mom and I had the design, had the extra funds, and we were going to take them out for something special, before that afternoon is over, we're on our way home, and we didn't take them there, did we? Why? We repented of our idea because our children's behavior. Now, I hope this is kind of clicking. Now, second part of this, you ever change your behavior for the good? Okay, your children acted exceptional, they got great grades, or they were really obedient, and there was a situation that you expected it to be really tough, and the kids were really good, and you said, you know what, Mom, I know money has been tight, but you know what, it's time to go out for pizza tonight, it's time to celebrate, the kids have been extra good, and you repent, and change your mind, and bless your children with an activity, I hope you've done that, too often we as parents take something away because of the bad behavior, but don't necessarily add something into the mix for the good behavior. I hope you learned something from that. Grandparents, well, grandparents, grandparents always, it doesn't matter the behavior, grandparents just give to the kids no matter what. Okay? What, you wrote over the, all over the walls with pen and marker and spray? To, here, have a 20. I don't know what's up with grandparents. Uh, but anyway, God is always consistent. And that's the point. Even though God repents of what he planned on doing because of our behavior, God doesn't change. Mom and dad, um, and I had to learn this the hard way, if you discipline your children out of anger and just lash out at them because you're mad, or just the opposite, if you're turning over and flipping backflips, spoiling your kids because of something, you've got to be consistent. We represent God in our families, and God never changes. He is always the same. He is always consistent. The children's behavior will determine how God acts, not the ever other way around. Uh, aren't you glad, and I heard a pastor say this the other day, aren't you glad that God isn't moody? Aren't you glad God isn't moody? That one day you do something, it's not a big deal. The next day, because God's in a bad mood, you do the same thing, and boom! Boom! 
That's what God expects from us. God's never moody. I love the fact that I don't have to uh, go to God on a daily basis and say, Lord, are you having a good day? Because I got, maybe I'll come back tomorrow when you're not having such a rough time of it. Because God is always consistent in, our deal, in his dealing with us. But the point is, God will repent and change his mind, change his actions in regards to what we are doing in our actions. Let's keep going. God never repents from a promise. Things written in his word. Now this is important. God never breaks a promise. Now this is where parents, and I'm telling you, abusing parents because he is our heavenly father. He chose to call himself that for a reason. If I were to tell my children before we headed out the door, I promise you, We've talked about this. This is a promise. We're going to Burger King. Then no matter what my children's actions are, that was a promise, and I don't break my promises. Okay, God has always been that way. If he, read, if he writes something in his word, if he declares something as truth, it will be always truth. Okay, so certain things God may repent because, you know what, children of Israel? You are certainly not acting like I need you to right now. So you know what? I was planning something, but I'm just going to hold off on that for a little while. But the amazing thing about God is when he has said something in his word, he keeps his promises always. Psalm 104, verse 8, The Lord has sworn and will not repent. When God makes that kind of promise, he doesn't change his promises. Okay, the Lord has sworn in truth unto David, and he will not turn from it. One of my favorite verses, Titus chapter 1, verse 2, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. God may repent of certain things and change because of what we're doing, but when he keep, makes a promise, he always keeps his promise. Guys, um, talked about this before, where we used to live in a world where a handshake meant something, and I've told you before many times, can you do me a favor? I hate that phrase. Because if I say yes, oh, we got him now. <laughs> Set that hook. All right? Because you don't want to give your word and not do it. Because that's the kind of person God wants us to be. When God makes a promise, he always keeps his promises. So, keep going. God reminds us to repent because of his coming judgment. There are certain things that, uh, that will be judged. There are certain consequences that come with your behavior. And God says, listen, you need to fix this. Okay, um, I have a certain child in my family that's not here today so she can relax who for several years has ridden his motorcycle around without a motorcycle license. And he's a decent rider, and he's not breaking the law, okay, except for the fact he's driving without a license. And you can keep going on saying, you know what, um, well, I'm, I'm okay, I'm, I'm not doing anything illegal, I'm not speeding, I'm not driving recklessly, I'm not doing it. But you know what's going to happen? Eventually, judgment is coming. So the recommendation of the Papa is, 
don't do that anymore. Go get your license. Okay, repent and get a license. Okay, and for those of you in the world today, here's a, here's a concept that's different than it used to be. You might get a ticket for not having a license and be able to pay the ticket. Whoop-de-doo. Okay, a lot of people think that way. You know what the problem is in this world today? Insurance. You dump that bike and wind up in the hospital with a bill for $250,000 in injuries and you don't have a license, your insurance aren't, isn't going to cover you. That's just a commercial. Okay, anything else? It's like smoke detectors in my house. Well, it's my house. You know, why do I have to put smoke detectors in it? Because when the insurance company finds out you didn't have smoke detectors, they can say, we're not going to pay for the fire that burned your house down. That's a commercial. Anyway, it had nothing to do with anything. Okay. Everyone needs to consider their need to repent. Every single person. Now, I need to boil this down to what the first step in repentance is. And I think most of us know that. The first step in repentance is we cannot have a proper relationship with God with unforgiven sin in our lives. Sin separates us from God. And the first part of repentance is repent from your sinful life and ask the Lord Jesus Christ to be your Savior. He said, I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Now this is interesting. It's not that anybody, because how many of us are righteous according to Romans chapter 3, verse 10? There is none righteous, no, not one. So God says, I didn't come to call the righteous, I came to call the sinners. Well, if none of us are righteous, guess who he's calling to repent? Everybody. The concept here is people who think. Now, remember what the children of Israel said here in Malachi? He said, return unto me and I'll return unto you. And they said, well, why do we have to return? We're God's people. Why, why do I have to repent? I go to church every Sunday. I read my Bible. I'm a Christian. God says, uh, every one of us, there's not one of us who's righteous. So if we're not righteous, I mean, we've declared righteous by God, but we're still sinners. That means we need to be repenting. And the first part of repentance, of course, is asking Jesus to be your Savior. Okay, it's an amazing opportunity. Go ahead, next click. If we change and follow God in His way, He can bless us the way He wants to. Now get that for a minute. Um, Go to the next part. Is this what I think it is? Yes, it is. I've told you all this story before, and I had to learn this and... uh, Go in and tell your children to do something, and the children don't do it. And the next 10 minutes later, you walk into the room and tell the children to do the same thing, and you're walking out going, please, I hope these children do it. And then you come back 10 minutes later, and you look, and the children still haven't done what you asked them to do, and then you say, this is the last time that happy dad will be here. Because the next dad that walks through this door, if this isn't done, is not going to be happy dad. You with me? So I'm saying, listen, I want to be happy. I want to have a great night at home. I want to eat a great supper. We play some games, watch some movies, whatever we're going to do. I want everybody to be happy. But if you guys aren't going to do what you're supposed to, happy dad's going to disappear. And it's not daddy's choice. It's yours. God says, listen, um, 
I want everybody to repent. I want everybody to follow me. I want to bless you. I have so many awesome plans for your life. Children of Israel, I wish you would follow me because if you do, you see what he said in the verse we read? The verse for today says, return unto me and I will return unto you. God says, you want to have a great relationship with me as God? Come on back. If you're doing things the way I like them to, I'm happy to add. And we can have a great time. It's when you're not that you need to turn and repent. God wants to be a part of our lives every single moment of every single day. He loves us. He created us. He wants to be our Heavenly Father. The problem is we walk away. And God just sits there and goes, waiting for you to come back. I could have put the whole story about the prodigal son in here. You all know the story. Dad stayed where he was, had raised his son. The son decided to go off on his own. And then it says, and when he came to himself, he realized, what am I doing? And he returned to his father. And you know what the great part about that story? Rob used to sing the song, The Day God Ran. That when the father saw him coming back, dad didn't just sit on the couch going, yeah, I can't wait for him to come groveling in here and, and uh, kiss my feet. It says he ran to meet him because he was so happy that he came back. God desires repentance from every single person. He wants us to be in a relationship with him that we all can enjoy. He says, just return. Do what you know is right, and I'll return to you, and we'll be a happy family. Look at this verse together. Therefore, now, amend your ways and your doings, and obey the voice of the Lord your God, and the Lord will repent him of the evil that he had pronounced against you. God says, listen, I got some things that have been happening in your lives that you don't like. Okay, remember, God doesn't do evil, but they qualified it as evil because they didn't like it. Kind of like a teenager, isn't it? You shut off the Wi-Fi? I hate you. They think it's such a terrible thing but it's just a desire for them to repent and do what is right. Keep going. So when we we repent, we escape God's judgment. Number one, first, we need to repent of our sins and receive forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ. God is not slack according to his promises. God never breaks a promise. As some men count slackness, but as long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I love that verse. God is not willing that any should perish. There's people out in this world and say, well, you know, I don't think it's right that God sends people to hell. God don't send anybody to hell. God's not willing that any, they choose their own. I saw this uh, thing on my phone, um, and uh, it was a, a young lady saying, I live, I live in, my, in my mother's house. And, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm like almost grown, and, and I can't believe she says, like, my house, my rules. I, I just, it, I can't, how can I be independent? If, it, if it's my house and my rules. It's like, well, if you're living at mommy's house, you're not independent. Okay, you are dependent. 
You listen to mom and dad. You do what things are told. Here, God is not willing that any... He wants everybody to spend eternity with him in heaven. What's the issue? Well, I want to be independent and do my own thing. Well, if you're going to do your own thing, then don't expect God to open his home to you. Come on. This is not a hard concept in this world. How could people, God send anybody to hell? God doesn't send anybody to hell. God wants everybody to go to heaven. People choose to walk away from God and don't, do, don't have that proper relationship with him. If you walk away, God says, turn around, come back, repent, make the right choice. If you're choosing to walk away, I can't do anything about it. Last bit. If you turn to God, he will deliver you and restore the relationship as your heavenly father. Now that is in regards to our sin. If you ask Jesus Christ to be your savior, he takes those sins away and he can be a heavenly father again. But that also is in regards to you and I as believers. You're a parent, you've been a kid. How many of you have been a kid? I just want to make sure you're still awake. How many times have we not always done what mom and dad wanted us to do. And when you do that, relationship with mom and dad isn't the greatest thing in the world, is it? It's broken. There's a problem. It's hard to relate. It's awkward walking around the house and you don't talk like you used to and everything because you've grown apart. Christian, this is how God works with us too. He's like, listen, and remember last week was all about I'm reaching out to you to tell you a message of deliverance. I want you to be in close relationship with me. But if you're not going to do what I'm asking you to, we're going to have a problem. God's desire is to have that close, intimate, heavenly father relationship. But if you're not going to do what dad tells you, there's going to be some problems. Turn around, come back. I'll just wait here until you do. Keep going. If you're a believer, you still need to have an active life of repentance. That way there is nothing hindering your relationship with God. Now, I rejoice. Not that you were made sorry, but that ye sorrowed to repentance, for you were made sorry after a godly manner. Paul's saying, listen, I know you guys were, were feeling sorrow in your heart because you had walked away from God. You weren't doing it the way God wants you. He says, you know what? I'm not really upset that you were sorry because that sorry, that sorrow, wanted to make you go back to do what God wanted you to do. We talk about the difference between guilt and and conviction guilt is feeling worthless because of what you've done it's the devil whispering in your ear going you'll never be worth it you're a failure you can never do anything right conviction on the other hand is god saying oops now let's do it right the next time i love you you made a mistake let's fix the mistake and we'll move forward God says this to Christians, listen, that sorrow, that, Lord, how stupid am I? I can't believe I did that. Paul says, listen, that's not a bad thing. 
How many of us love that? We, we, come on. Uh, this is tough because with a ch- one of my children in the audience, I can't you know, always use these illustrations, but you know what's great as parents? When you talk about, how guys, you know the rules, what did you do, blah, 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 blah. You know, and that's what you sound like to the children anyway, blah, 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 blah. But you're sitting there in the living room and one of the kids come down and they look you in the eye and say, I'm sorry. And most of the time, that's just what you want from your kids, right? Just for them to say, I'm sorry. How about your spouse? Just, I'm sorry. He just said, listen, being sorry for something you did is not a bad thing. God says, Paul says, listen, it's okay, because that's a godly sorrow. It makes you want to repent and don't do that again. Again, (laughs) I'm trying to put this in a way that on a daily basis we can understand it. Um, You had a child who decides that they have an open can of gasoline and some matches. Okay, now we as parents would definitely go ahead and say, no. Right? But what happens if we didn't happen to catch them doing that? And poof, they blow themselves up. Okay, they singe all the hair off their arm or or something worse. You know what I want? I want my child to repent from that behavior. Right? Right? I don't want them to get up the next day and go, hey, let's go get some more gasoline. Duh, you just half burnt your arm off. I want them to repay. You see, this is not something that's super deep. It's just a reality. Listen, that was not a good decision. Let's never make that decision again. Come back, choose, do something smart. That's not a good course of action. That's what God's saying to you and me every moment of every day. I got up this morning and I could choose to walk this way in my flesh or walk this way and follow the Lord. And there are opportunities that present themselves all day long with that same decision. And I can choose to go that way and then turn around and repent because I know it's not the right way to go. Or I could choose to go God's way and change my mind and follow the flesh. Repentance is something that you and I do every moment of every day. And it's an amazing thing that God has given us. The verse in the scripture that says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Right? You know that verse? You know what I love about that? That means with faith, it is possible to please God. Since I became a Christian, since I've asked Jesus Christ to forgive me, and I realized I was a sinner and there was nothing I could do about it, but God had already provided the cure. And once I took that and said, you know what? It's up to you, Lord. You did it. I'm just trusting you. From that point forward, I now can please God. But do I always? Oh, yes, I do. You know me. I'm always perfect. No. There are times that I repent. There are times that I want to please God and I choose my own behavior. Or there are times I'm choosing my own behavior and I repent, I change, I turn, and I do what God wants. It's an active role. That is why it's so important that you and I understand that when we hear the word repent and repentance, we're not talking about Armageddon-style stuff. Yeah, there's going to be some of that that happens back then, uh, you know, in the future too. 
But repentance is a daily, sometimes moment-by-moment opportunity in our lives. You want happy, Dad? John, 1 John, chapter 1, verse 7, right? We we love verse 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But if you back up two verses to verse 7, it says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. If we would choose to walk in the light as God is in the light, guess what? We can have unbroken fellowship. Happy dad. But that's our problem. Are we going to choose to walk for God? Or are we going to choose to walk for ourselves? Last little bit. Have you repented of your, repented of your sins of salvation? Now, I know some of your testimony, and I know this is being recorded, so I don't know who's listening to this in the future, but God has given us a way to deal with our sin. We are not perfect, and because of that, we cannot be in the right relationship with God as sinners. But Jesus Christ has come, who knew no sin, that he could become sin for us, and we could become the righteousness of God in him. If you and I will receive Jesus Christ as Savior, God will take that sin problem away and we can finally be established again with God in that right relationship. But then, are you living a life of repentance? I'm in church, I don't need to repent. (laughs) I hope by the time we're done today, we're finishing up, you realize that yes, we need to repent every moment. Because a repent is change direction. And there are moments every day that I have to go, no, let's not do that. And we repent from something we might have done. Last little bit. It's an amazing benefit that you and I have to be able to turn and live for God. Please remember that. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. But with faith, we now can make that choice to do what our Heavenly Father wants us to do. Now, Here's the last thought, and it's summed up in just about everything we heard this morning from Sunday school to the songs to faith special. There is a whole world out there who needs to understand the message of God is repent. Not you lousy, rotten, stinking sinner, you just deserve everything. You No. Make a choice for God. Look at your life and decide, is this what God wants for me? Or not. That's our message. Repent. If you have a life of sin and you don't have a Savior yet, well, get that right first. But maybe you have that. Are you living for the Lord? Are you walking every day with happy dad? Man, what a a great verse it is in the scripture where it talks about in the garden that every day the voice of God walked with Adam and Eve. How awesome would it be to walk in the very presence of God every single day. We have that ability. Maybe not walking arm in arm, and if you're seeing God walking around with you, we got some people I can take you to, and they have pills for that. But to know that you can have a relationship with God where he's not as as a father going, what are you doing? That he looks and goes, come on, buddy, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yesterday was a rough one, but today's different. Let me, let's walk together. That's why one of our favorite songs is, And he walks with me, and he talks with me. 
And he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known. We need to remember we need to walk in repentance every day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Lord, (laughs) every time I spend any time thinking about your plan for our lives, I am just amazed. Lord, you gave us the ability to follow you. And Lord, it's not rules and regulations. It's not checking off boxes. You're a loving Father who wants to have a great everyday relationship with us. And Father, just like we are as kids and teenagers sometimes, we can do things that upset our parents and can be awkward for a while. And Lord, sometimes it takes years to fix that. Father, I thank you with you. If we could just learn to repent, if we can just walk with you every day and turn from those things that we shouldn't be doing, we can have a relationship with happy dad. Father, thank you so much. Lord, help us to go out into this world. There are so many people out there struggling with how they fit. Lord, depressed. Lord, just caged in by emotions and what seems to be a life that just has no meaning. And Father, if they realize that there's a God that loves them, the message is always God reaching out to us. He wants to be our Heavenly Father. And Lord, if they would realize that all it takes is a surrender and repent, come over to what God has always designed for us, and we could live a happy life with our Savior and our Heavenly Father. Lord, thank you so much. In Jesus' name. Amen.